Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show On The Mark. I am Mark Lawrence. We're going to do five shows this week, four of them with the show. We have a guest coming in tomorrow at 8.30, and that is Mr. Brian Kerstetter is running for judge in Snyder and Union County, but the rest of the days are open at this time. We'll shoot for some of those CBS announcers from time to time. See if we're still... Every day we shoot for uh, Mr. Portnoy, but we, we can't even seem to get caught up with him. But he's the expert in Washington, D.C., so we'll chat with him as time goes on. But Maybe. Uh, maybe they won't let us have him. Joe McGranahan is with me. Rob Center's on the other side of the glass. He says we're going to have a great week. We've got our first caller lined up. We'll be going to the phone shortly. But let me tell you that On The Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. What is noteworthy about the Sunbury Motor Company? Well, they got, uh, first of all, they've been in business since 1915. they got two locations, 4th Street and Sunbury, where there are some new vehicles there, okay? You can go to new car dealers around here this uh, these days, and they don't have any new cars. Well, they do at Sunbury. they got Explorers, Expedition, can, uh, Excursion, Escapes, uh, Tauruses, F-150s, you name it. And they would just love to super serve you. They're back to dealing with volume, and they would just love to take good care of you. Of course, they got a lot of vehicles on order, too. A lot of folks said, well, if I have to wait a couple of months, I might as well make it exactly what I want. i got some F-150 Lightnings uh, on order down there, and if you'd like to join that queue, a couple of months is sort of the guesstimate, but uh, they'll keep you up to date with how long you'd wait. Two locations, 4th Street, Sunbury, and the Kia dealership on 11 and 15 at Hummel's Wharf. Sign up for the Telluride there. It's as near as we can tell, the most perfect vehicle in the world. So, Get signed up to get some help from the Sunbury Motor Company for your next vehicle. Or if your vehicle's busted, go to the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. If it's so busted it needs the tow, they have a master towing service at the Sunbury Motor Company. Or if you just need a new vehicle, if you put it down over an embankment, you're going to leave it there. Ford, Hyundai, Kia is what they sell at the Sunbury Motor Company. And they would just love to do with you what they've done for many, many people. And that is super serve you, the customer. SunburyMotors.com is where that help starts out. All right, that's the Sunbury Motor Company. They are our sponsors, sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line now open, 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. What's that number again? <laughs> I forget. It's not funny. I have such short... It sounds like one of those commercials on TV. Phone now, 256-7777, 256-7777. <laughs> Why don't you say the real number fast? 1-800-795-9565. 
1-800-795-9565. That's the magic number that will get you through to our producer, Rob Center, who will put you on the air. <laughs> well, he'll help anyway. Right, you can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Can, can we text? Yes, you can text us at 70236. And we've got to put in the keyword OTM, I bet. Am I right? Yes, yeah, sorry. All right. Stan, he's trying to get to you. So <laughs> did he get? Did, he, did we get to you? Yes, that, that number works almost every time it's tried. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, you, you, you saw my you, you what I want to talk about. Any idea what that what I, what I want to talk about? The white, the white coat, coat waste coat. Pro, No, I, I have no idea what you want to talk about. Okay. All right. It's a 501c3 tax exempt uh, tax deductible organization that basically looks at, from what I understand, waste in laboratories and it's geared towards animal experiments. Okay. Now, what they what I just learned about them is. And from them is that the NIH under Dr. Fauci has been uh, paying for experiments, you know, helping fund experiments with where they uh, basically they drug dogs. And they use beagle puppies, from my understanding, cut their vocal cords out so they can't bark, stick their heads in a, a netted enclosure and stick sand fleas in there so they can be eaten alive. What? All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look it up. Look okay. it up. That's what they put out. It's pretty disgusting. Now, my point is, okay, Fauci and the NIH funded the Wuhan lab and coronavirus gain-of-function virus, you know, gain-of-function testing on the virus. That's a proven fact because the NIH has said so. But it has taken the dog thing for a bipartisan uh, response from Congress against the NIH because the dogs are dying. What about the millions of people affected by the coronavirus? That basically the Democrats say oh, it didn't happen and the Republicans say it did. And it's been proven that the Republicans are right. But it takes the dogs being killed, not millions of Americans, or not hundreds of thousands of Americans and millions of people worldwide to get this bipartisan effort. Why? You maybe should point out that uh, the group you're referring to isn't the group actually conducting the experiments. They're trying to stop them. I don't think right. that was clear exactly. from what you said. Yep, they're exposing the basically animal experimentation by labs. That's why it's lab uh, was a white coat, you know, waste. You know, well, they figured, and they, they're it, right. Uh, you know, animal testing is pretty much a waste. They're calling it Beagle Gate. Right. But why, why did it take that to get an uproar from bipartisan uproar from in Congress when there is millions of people worldwide and hundreds of thousands of Americans dead because of COVID? Something that the NIH helped fund research on. Why? Now, what is gain of function? We talked about that before. It makes the stuff more virulent. Uh, go ahead. Uh, take, take, a, take a naturally occurring virus that has, will not transmit to humans and playing with it doing whatever they do to it in a laboratory to make it so that it will attack a human. That's what gain-of-function is. And that's what they were doing in Wuhan, and they continue to do. And how much money did we give them? Wait, more than a dollar is too much. And what was All the right? purpose of helping to gain that knowledge? Well, well, according to Fauci, well, that'll help prevent, you know, pandemics in the future. Well, it didn't work so well, did it? Because he went to a lab that is a bioweapons bio Chinese, you know, weapons lab in China. 
And there, you know, security lab security is a little lax, evidently. All right. And what did Dr. Fauci do to puppies? I'm sorry to have you walk me through this. I heard he's it. helping fund it. Okay. His organization, the NIH, right. is funding it. Okay. Now Fauci's the one that got up in front of Congress and lied several times, saying that they, several different occasions under oath, saying that the NIH has never funded gain of function. Okay, when is he going to be held accountable for this stuff? Because if you, it was you or I, <laughs> our butts would be sitting in jail right now. Nobody cares until puppies got hurt. Now we're talking. Well, that's that's part of my problem with this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's part of the problem. You know, there was no bipartisan uproar until there was puppies involved, which is pretty disgusting. I agree, but come on. Well, I, I, you know, animal experiments have been a tradition, and, and un, while they are terribly unpleasant to think about, there's no doubt that they have contributed significantly to medical research over the years. Uh, Joe? Yeah? Do you, under, you know that if, if they had uh, tested, as, I believe it's aspirin on dogs when it was first introduced, that they would have never produced it because it'll kill a dog. Okay, I'm not aware of that. Well, I've never, fed an, I've never fed an aspirin, aspirin to a dog. It'll kill dogs. And you're certain that if a dog had died from that, they would never do another experiment? They would stop, they'd walk away, and we wouldn't have aspirin today? You're certain well, that, that would have happened? Well, no, I'm not 100% certain because I'm not allowed. I think so. But you think about it. If, if it's killing dogs... What's it going to do to humans? So who's, oh, it's killed all these dogs here. Who's going to be the first human that takes it for a sample? Well, look what soda does to your car finish, but we're still allowed to drink it. <laughs> well, there, it does say there's acid in it. Right. It says it right on the bottle if you look at it. It's very I understand acidic. that. Right. Ascorbic acid, I believe it is. But regardless, irregardless, all right, <laughs> you know, to, to stick a dog, I find it pretty disgusting, okay, that you would stick a dog's head in a cage and puts hungry sand fleas in there until it devours, you know, kills a dog, right. you basically eats it alive. Well, what, that's what pretty would, disgusting. What would, what would the Why purpose, would you do that? Well, that's my question. What would the purpose be? What would they? What were they hoping to gain? Assuming uh, you're correct. I think they were trying to test some anti-parasite drug or something. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's still pretty disgusting. But you why do would it you do all. it? Okay. All right, and we actually, got you, Stan. One aspirin, you know, one aspirin won't kill a dog. An overdose of aspirin will. Well, Two, anyway, can do thank it. you, Joe. Good to know. <laughs> You're still able I'm just to looking this up. <laughs> All right. Well, regardless, my point is, it takes a bipartisan effort because of animal experiments, but thousands of people can die because of something else that NIH funded, and there's no uproar. And actually, they're going against. If you don't believe Fauci, you're against science. And I find it pretty disgusting. That's all I'm going to say. You're right. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing. I'm sorry. I don't think anybody would actually condone it, and I can't imagine anybody being willing to do it unless the, the overriding end result was of such great significance and such great value to the human race that it absolutely was compelling to do Beagle it. Beagle puppies. Come on now. <laughs> That's now, the that didn't, cutest that didn't happen. My understanding, that experiment didn't happen in the U.S. It happened in Tunisia. Okay. Cutest animal in the world. I guess they have world. a sand say they have a sand flea or a sand fly sand flea problem in Tunisia because it's a lot of desert. But so, don't they have a deep woods off for that type of thing? Well, how, how already? Would, how would feeding the sand fleas dogs solve anyway. that problem? 
I have no idea. Supposedly know. this drug that they were testing was supposed to help prevent it. I don't know. All I know is it's pretty disgusting. And Thank God for Fox it's News. Just disgusting. You covering this. started our week off with a very sickening thought. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> All right. I'm glad I was a good service. Thank you. Thank you, Stan. Thanks, Thanks for Stan. calling in. All right, have a good one. I got uh, Mike from Bloomsburg's ready to go. Good morning, sir. Go right ahead. Morning, Mike. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, on Friday, I made a statement that I said that basically there are so many things going in the wrong direction in this country at one time that all of them can't be by happenstance or just normal circumstances. And then after I was off the air, Mark, you uh, juxtaposed two different uh, feelings in the country, and one of them was basically attributed to me where you said one of our callers says that all these things that are going wrong are you know basically part of a conspiracy on purpose and and i never said that i said there are too many things going wrong at one time it's my belief that all of them can't be you know normal happenstance so i i am not a person that's saying everything that's going wrong is being done on purpose, but it is my belief that there are some things that many people view as going wrong that are being uh, coordinated by the uh, Democrat Party. One <laughs> in point, one one case yeah, in point. Here we go. Go ahead. Okay. I'm yes, not a conspiracy yes, theorist, except for okay, this. So, uh, right now, let, and let's agree on the numbers that I throw out before we move on. Uh, it's been reported that between one and two million people will cross the southern border into the United States this year. Can we agree that that's pretty much the generally accepted number? That's the number that's being reported, yes. I heard that this that's morning, it. as a matter of fact. Okay. Now, let's think about that. These people have gotten here from God knows where. You know, there's now they're saying up to 150 countries. Okay. So they, they get to our border, they cross, and we do a cursory screening of them. Uh, many of them aren't caught at the border or they don't turn themselves in, so we don't know the true number. And then they get put in and they're, uh, what's that process our government says they take a look at them to see if they're okay, they're... Asylum? Whatever. Vetting? They're vetted, yes, they're vetted. And then they're uh, cataloged, they're given wristbands with a number that goes into a database, and then now we're finding out that they're being transported to various uh, places throughout the country and there's a video out there that's purported to say that they're flown into uh, an area around new york city and there's a large caravan of buses waiting for them and then they're taken and they're dropped off at various places now all of that takes a large amount of coordination on the part of our government agencies okay so let's think about that let's say they transport one million people into these certain uh, congressional districts and drop them off, okay? Now, in the database, they'll say, hey, we, we put a million people in these so many congressional districts, and then they're gonna say, you know, half of them are women of childbearing age, and the data shows that over the next, you know, 10 years, they're gonna produce this many people, and statistics say that so many of them will either stay in that district or move out to other districts. And the way this government is going, they're gonna say, Statistically, we can't count every, quote, illegal migrant or whatever you want to call it, but statistics say that of those 1 million we put there, there are now 3.5 million in these congressional districts. So when we do our redistricting, we have to uh, increase the numbers. So I'm, what I'm doing is just carrying out 
my logic and my thought pattern, what I believe our government is doing by importing and coordinating the uh, bringing into this country people from other countries that are given a, uh, what do you call it, they're, they're taken uh, over other people. In other words, if you're a doctor in India that wants to get here to reunite with your family, family you could be waiting years and years and years. Or if you're an engineer from uh, uh, a white European country that has a specific skill to the technology world, you could be waiting years. But if you show up at our southern border, you're uh, basically uh, cataloged <laughs> and, and then transported around the country. You say so, I'm a Democrat we're, we're, from a Hispanic company, country, and I'm here to help. Yeah. Now, one thing that no one's talking about is the cost of this. And I'm going to use a case in point of something I found out over the weekend. There is an elementary school that's probably within your listening area based on its elevation. They have a kindergarten with 29 students. Eight of those students speak no English at all. Two more were uh, put into that classroom last week. And the majority of the kids have basically no exposure to English. They have uh, no socialization skills in our culture, and they have very limited idea of what a school system is. However, there are some kids in that class that grow up in the grew up in the traditional American system here that we have. That you know they they were taught numbers and letters and counting and what have you before they got to that class. It's my understanding that as of last week. That kindergarten class is still working on counting from zero to ten. In so who is paying the price here? <laughs> who, you know, hey, we're giving these kids from another country a chance. That's what they're. That's what we're being told. So but what about the kids in America that are in that classroom that are essentially being left behind? with their peers. Right, so these illegal immigrants are slowing down the kindergarten because most American kids know how to count to 10 by they get to kindergarten. In fact, well, it might probably, even be a requirement. Probably the Hispanic kids do too, but not in English. Right, so they not in English is a second language it, it, for them. Yeah, well, so I'm how, sure do you it's teach, a how do you teach somebody that can't speak the language you're teaching in? I don't understand how you could do that. It almost seems like before they're put into a kindergarten setting, they should be taken to some place that teaches them English as a second language. Or a first language, okay, or a separate kindergarten class, maybe. Yeah, well, that would be... Okay, well, well we believe you, my, Mike. That gets to my next and final point. What <laughs> is the impact of bringing one to two million people into our country in very short order that cannot speak English? What's the cost of the health care? What's the cost of the education? What's the cost of our cult to our culture and our society? No one's talking about cost. When we're we're trying to pass a two or three or five or eight trillion dollar bill, whatever it turns out to be, and everybody's talking about the cost there, but no one is talking about the cost of this. Well, I think somebody did an estimate on that. But what's more concerning is that, and I, and I hate to say this, the mainstream media just isn't covering this. I watched the local uh, the coverages this morning on MSNBC, CNN, and Fox. MSNBC and CNN were all on the shooting involving uh, Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Uh, Fox was talking about the border and the fact that there's another caravan headed here and that they pushed past Mexican police trying to stop them. You know, but no one's reporting that but Fox. And then everybody's, oh, well, Fox is anti-immigrant. Fox is, doesn't like brown Right, people. you know they speak Spanish, right? <laughs> Right. So, I mean, you know, but the fact is, these are people headed here to break the law. That's their stated purpose, even though they're carrying signs that say, we come in peace. 
maybe they should hold up signs and say we come illegally because that's what they're doing. And my Joe, I agree with everything you say, and you know the the, pro, the problem is this is not being talked about and handled in a logical and rational way. It's being rammed down our society's throat. The Democrats want to bring these people in. It's coordinated. It's orchestrated, and we do not know the cost of the long-term implications. And you don't think the Republicans will take over next year in the House and Senate and the presidency in 2024? No, I, I don't. I, okay. I, I honestly don't. And I'm going to tell you this. In 2016, I was on record, and this was I, I totally believed Trump was going to win. In 2020, I totally believed he was going to lose, and I right now believe that uh, you know, if, we, if the election were held today and the Democrats had time to prepare and do everything they needed to do to get the voting the way they wanted it to be, they would maintain power. All right. Well, it's not today, so we got another year to get our work done so That's we right. can get something done around here. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you so thanks, much, Mike. Mike. Thank you call. for calling in. All right. Well, we, this is the Feel Good Monday of the week, so come on board. 1-800-795-9565. Our country's gone to heck in a Brandon basket, so we would just love to hear from you. And Joe's going to tell go, us Brandon. about the vitriol that's ramping up in Pennsylvania as our country picks sides and we're getting ready for our second civil war. 1-800-795-9565. Do you think our, Republican, our republic is going down? 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the FMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merce family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Subway Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at SunburyMotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, one of our listeners says, Today's show, imagine, if you will, the Twilight Zone. Dogs well, I've been being tortured by Anthony Fauci. Actually, I've been looking it up. Illegal it immigrants voting Democratic <laughs> in the U.S. It does seem to be there. There is some, apparently, some truth to the story about the Beagles. One of our listeners says, why don't we feed the illegal immigrants to the dogs? Freedom to sand flies. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I just right. read this stuff. Well, the Washington Post showed newfound concern for the use of vulgarity and criticism against the President of the United States. What? On Saturday, the Washington Post reporters, uh, Ashley Parker and Carissa Wolf, wrote what they considered vitriol uh, from critics of President Biden in a piece entitled, Biden's Critics Hurl Increasingly Vulgar Taunts. The article claimed the current eruption of anti-Biden signs and chants, however, is on another level, level far more vulgar and widespread than anything seen in previous administrations. 
Earlier this week, when President Biden visited his hometown of Scranton, he was greeted by handmade signs that said, F. Joe Biden, held by one of them held by a woman standing on Biden Street. Uh, on the increasingly vulgar taunts directed at Biden, the Washington Post House reporter Matt Visor said while sharing the article, a number of other journalists shared the article, including Washington Post fact checker Glenn Kessler and Associate, Associated Press White House reporter Jonathan Lemire. The article blamed the norm-breaking supporters of former President Trump, arguing, quote, yet the anger also demonstrates how a political party or cause often needs an enemy, a target of vilification that can unite its adherents. And in this case, one refracted through the harshness, norm-breaking, and vulgarity of the Trump era. However, the critics noted that vulgarity was a common convention used against conservative figures, including President Trump, without any comment from the Washington Post. Mm. Well, now you remember the vulgarity leashed. I think leashed President, President Trump, Trump kind of brought it on himself because of his vitriol. So I think he was used a couple f bombs when he was talking to people who protested against him. But Joe Biden doesn't do that, so this is a change. But I don't think President Trump even brought the division in the U.S. I think the division was there, and he and he took advantage of it you know i think he made the best use of it but i think the division was already there he certainly accentuated it and added to the division but you know we've been divided for a while well no argument about that but the hypocrisy here is that the washington post which found nothing okay, wrong so with the vulgarity well let's just stipulate what do we care if the post is a hypocrite but it's what i said to you before when we were discussing this on thursday it's the the stated goal of these groups to separate the, the democrats people. and the republicans right. right well anybody i mean it's just we have to they're right about the one thing. We need somebody to vilify. In other words, we can't just oppose you on logical grounds. On We can't make our argument a valid one. We have to call you names. You know, and really, that's nothing more than intellectual bankruptcy. You really need, if you're going to debate someone, debate them on the issues, not on generalities and name-calling and... Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> that one is going to go down as a classic for all time <laughs> in history. Political How history. did that start? What was the beginning of that? Uh, it was a, a sports reporter on a NASCAR race where the people in the crowd were yelling, blank Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And he said, the oh, NASCAR they're, they're race. saying, there's, yes, he, he said, oh, they're saying, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the racers was probably named Brandon. He was. Oh, okay. Well. So, though, though they're cheering on Brandon. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're suggesting Joe Biden perform an anatomically impossible act. Well, I don't know. We don't know how flexible he is. All right, so we are going to continue this conversation during the 9 a.m. hour. Thank heaven. We've got to divide this country. The republic's going down, and Joe and I are going to be part of it. Joe is part of the problem. We know that to be true. Let's go, Brandon, Joe. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is here. Mr. Rob is on the other side of the glass answering the phones whenever they ring. And here's how you make that happen. Call us toll free. 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Uh, so far, we've talked about the U.S. illegal immigration issue with a dozen or so uh, illegal immigrants, kids in our classes, uh, dragging down the kindergarten classes. So we assume that's one class, but it's probably a significantly widespread issue locally in every class. So we know that uh, lots of our kids who were born here and speak English aren't going to be learning as much. Now, we talked about the dog experiment where Anthony Fauci put sand fleas on the head of a live <laughs> beagle puppy and until uh, the dog is dead. And so that is... Actually, you probably don't want to let that out there just in case somebody turns off the radio now and leaves with that impression. They're not claiming Dr. Fauci personally put sand fleas on the head of dogs. They're claiming that his NIH-funded research in the Sudan, was it, or somewhere? Uh, um, uh, Tunisia. Tunisia, right, okay. So that's that's what... The right. Well, I'm sure there's about 1% truth in all of this. <laughs> no, apparently there's more than 1%, to okay. be honest with you. All right. And uh, President Biden is being talked about. Uh, President Trump will be back in office in 2024, says Mark Lawrence's worthless prediction. And Republicans are taking over next year. But our good observer, Mike, who's never wrong, says that uh, that's actually not going to happen. So that's good news to hear. So we would love to hear from you. One, what's your worthless prediction? one 800 795 We think it's valuable. We'd like to hear from you on all of these uh, topics. Maybe you'd like to suggest another one. When we last spoke, Joe was talking about the bitter division in the U.S. We know from the Pew Research polls prior to the election that no matter who won, uh, each side said the other side was going to do irreparable harm in the U.S. Folks who were followers of President Biden says that if Trump won that we would fall further into the abyss of uh, uh, vitriol and bad government and, uh, you know, his uh, kind of remarks. And, of course, the truth suffers when President Trump's in the room. But uh, the folks who followed President Trump says if President Biden was elected, we would inch closer to communism and the republic would collapse as we know it. So uh, that's what folks said before the election, and it's only gotten worse. So 1-800-795-9565. If you have the solution to glue the nation back together, give us a buzz now. <laughs> or if you want to be more a part of the problem. Right. Or if you, if, you, if you think President Biden is the greatest president since sliced bread, call us now. 1-800- or the worst president since sliced bread. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565. On the Mark sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. You can email us at onthemarket.com. You can text us at 70236. Uh, this is Sand Flea Bitten Monday on WKOK. We do have some brief news headlines. State police at Milton acknowledged that an accident occurred around 4.30 p.m. Saturday on Route 15, but give no details on the driver or what was listed at the time as a trooper of fentanyl exposure. A news release says only a rollover crash closed the highway for several hours, but no other information disclosed. On Sunday, we told you there was a crash with entrapment. A trooper was exposed to fentanyl, and an extensive investigation was launched on Route 15 north of Allenwood. Saturday, crash happened in Great Township Union County. Supposedly, one trooper and one other individual at the scene were exposed to fentanyl, but again, troopers
members not commenting on that aspect of this report. Maybe some irony, a repurposed shoe factory in Milton was the home of this year's new Community College Summit. The Susquehanna Valley Community Education Summit was held at an event to space a former shoe factory in Milton. Dr. Christopher Gray, president of the new Erie County Community College, recounted one conversation he had with a skeptic said, I don't believe in this. We don't need this. This is a duplication of service. It's a waste of money. I said, Brent, you've only talked about money here. I didn't come here for money. I came here because I want to make a difference in student lives. We're going to make a difference in student lives, which is going to make our community better. That's what I care about. That may have encapsulated some of the challenges that were discussed by Dr. Gray and other speakers at the event on Friday. Dr. Lanera Allum, executive director of the local project, repeated the results of their objective independent study that showed that our valley would significantly benefit from having another community college around here. State police at Milton say they arrested 41-year-old Nicholas Hessman of Allenwood. They say he was making traffic stops, identifying himself as a state game warden. That's illegal. Cold and flu season could spark a twin-demic this year. You could be infected with COVID and flu together. That's not the combination that you want. It's the one-two punch that could very well knock you out. Dr. J. Wan Rue at a recent media briefing talking about the idea of catching the flu and uh, the pandemic, uh, the uh, COVID-19 at the same time. At least a school bo- two school boards in Perry County approved similar resolutions last week urging the state to return decisions about masking schools to local control. The Perry County Times reported that the Susquehanna and Newport school districts asked the governor's office and the State Department of Health to return local control when it comes to masking, even though both districts said initially they would probably still mask because of the spread of COVID-19. They say the mask mandate uh, was unfair and they were fighting that. We have more about that at WKOK. And how about a TV ad that's no holds barred? It bluntly attacks a decision of the Democratic candidate for Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Saturday, the State Bar Association said this TV commercial went too far. The ad says the Democratic contender Superior Court Judge Maria McLaughlin chose to void the guilty plea of a drunk driver who admitted to killing a pregnant woman and her unborn child, unquote. What the ad doesn't say is that McLaughlin hadn't declared the defendant not guilty or thrown out the case. She merely joined with another judge saying the man's defense attorney bungled the job and the defendant should be retried. The ad surfaced last week as the race for an open seat on the state Supreme Court took a negative turn in the late stages of the November 2nd election. Until then, both Republican Kevin Brobson and McLaughlin, a Democrat, had focused their advertising on positive, tame messages about their qualifications. That changed when Brobson, the president judge of the statewide Commonwealth Court, launched his October 18th attack. She has since launched a negative attack ad as well. So the judges are beating each other over the head? <laughs> yep, it's a little bit unusual in Pennsylvania, but uh, when you're down to two people, one's a Republican, one's a Democrat, and it's state Supreme Court... Um, and he comes out, she has an attack ad too, although it, I don't think it's been labeled by the Bar Association as unfair or misleading or whatever they said. But um, she took off the gloves as well. Well, <clears throat> I, I was more interested in the amount of money that was spent, been spent on this race. $5 million in the story no. you sent me this morning. $50 million. Fifth, or is it no, five million? It's five million not oh, okay, 50 you're right. Fifty million on the Supreme Court race so far. Less than no, no, two not fifty million. Is it five million? No, five, it's five. Million. Yeah. Right. Okay. With less than two weeks left until election day, reports filed with the state Friday show most of it show most of it, or roughly three million, 
has been spent to help Republican Kevin Brobson, including spending uh, by third-party groups in the race. That's compared with about $2 million to help Democrat Maria McLaughlin through last Monday. So $5 million bucks. That's a lot of money, supposedly, to exercise independent judgment on the state Supreme Court. <laughs> I mean that that's a lot of money. I, that that goes back to what we talked about before. How much how much money drives politics in this country? Mm-hmm. Zillions of dollars it appear. What do you call it? A gazillion? Mm-hmm. Gazillion dollars every that's election cycle. That's more than cycle. a trillion. Well, you know, it strikes me as th- that there should be. We, we talk about term limits. I think there should be money limits on races. You know that every race should have a set amount of money that may be expended, and that's it. No no additional funds. Nothing more. No, no big anonymous contributions. No big uh, pack money. Just a set amount based on the race, and that's it. Like a race for Congress, maybe a quarter of a million dollars each candidate. That's it. So you like free speech, unless it's too costly. It's not free. It's not free if someone's paying four or five million dollars for it. I mean, you have to ask yourself, why would someone pay five million dollars or three million dollars for a job that pays what? Two hundred thousand. Well, look at what. Look at the redistricting in Pennsylvania. Somebody or, wants something. The Lord. Supreme Court in Pennsylvania draws the legislative districts now. Well, only because they imposed themselves the last time. They can't do it unless somebody brings a suit about the the boundaries. Right, which will be happening three short years from right now. And uh, look at the decisions that Governor Wolf and the Secretary of State uh, leader, the one that resigned now, her name escapes me. The changes they made in the election that helped President Biden uh, win votes. In Pennsylvania last year, we know the mail-in changes alone primarily benefited Democrats by choice. I mean, Democrats chose to take advantage of them in greater numbers. So we know that the changes got through to the state Supreme Court. Of course, the U.S. Supreme Court wouldn't touch them because that's not their, you know, it is up to the states to come up with their own system. So um, that's that's why $5 million, yes, the individual judge is only going to earn $200,000 a year, but Democrats need her vote. And Republicans want to offset this vote. They want the U.S. or the state Supreme Court to do the same thing other boards and entities have been doing that were typically Democratic. They want them to go Republican. Well, not Im- while not implicit, certainly there is the the presumption that a quid pro quo will exist somewhere, tacitly perhaps, but certainly will exist. Hey, I donated two million dollars to your campaign. I hope you vote against this, or I hope you vote for that. Well, even without a quid pro quo, you have there at least they are a Democrat, so you know how they feel. You know, they may feel the Democratic Party has certain ideals about uh, minorities and race and uh, voting and registration and abortion. So even if there is no, uh, you know, so exchange of uh, you know influence for all this money, you know how she's going to feel about these things. And her website, I, I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't know her from Adam, but and I already voted for Brobson anyway. Unfortunately. <laughs> I feel terrible now. You did? Yes. Yeah, see, this is one of the dilemmas with well, mail-in voting. Now was, I changed my mind. Well, you shouldn't because he is a highly qualified candidate. Oh, no. he's a, He might be qualified, but he's a dirty dog. That no, ad is no, terrible. No, 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 no. That no. ad is terrible. It is? Yes, I, I saw it. it on. It's on TV. It's on Channel 16. And it's... 
just it says what she, well, no, it just says the you know this isolated sentence that says that uh, she made it so that an unborn child could die, or I forget how it's worded. It doesn't matter, but it's just one sentence of a long court transcript that she and another judge said somebody's attorney was uh, incompetent, so therefore they have to to retry the person. That's what really happened. She didn't throw out the judicial but judgment of, of somebody ads, who killed an unborn child. These kind of ads have been prevalent in political campaigns forevermore. You take one small fact, you blow it up, uh, you maybe don't give all the surrounding circumstances, and that was the Bar Association's complaint, that it didn't give all the surrounding right. circumstances. Right. Not, well, that the, not that it was lie. I not agree that it with was the misleading, Bar Association. Not that it was incorrect, just that it didn't contain, contain I think everything. they did say it was misleading, didn't they? Well, misleading from the stamp, not from the standpoint that, uh. only from the standpoint of what was omitted, not for what was included, but what was omitted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the the problem. But that's been in political campaigns forever. Okay, so it's okay if we we go negative and basically lie in this ad. It's not not lying. The the Bar Association said the ad crossed the line, violating standards of accuracy and integrity in campaign advertising that both campaigns had agreed to follow as part of the Bar candidate's evaluation process. In its letter, a copy of which was obtained by the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I should say this whole story is from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Of course. The Barr's Judicial Campaign Advertising Committee said it directed Brobson's campaign to immediately withdraw the ad. Alternatively, the Brobson campaign can issue a news release clarifying those positions on the advertisement that the JCAC has found to be in violation of its guidelines. Specifically, the letter says the ad violates the Barr's guidelines that campaigns should refrain from making statements that might be subject to misinterpretation or distortion and should not omit or obscure information necessary to prevent misinterpretation. The campaign didn't return messages. Uh, The campaign says the ad is accurate and did not run afoul of the Bar Association guidelines. The campaign added the ad merely points out our opponent's record, which she has repeatedly invited voters to do. All right, so uh, who was that candidate that said, you know, follow me around if you think I'm doing something bad? Uh, It was hanky-panky in the boat. And they did. Presidential candidate. And they did follow him around and found Uh, out that he was lying. Hart. Uh, Hart, right. That's right. (laughs) And he was a candidate for president. (laughs) Go ahead and follow me around. (laughs) Here I am on my boat with my girlfriend. What was the the monkey business, as I recall, was the name of the vote. And what was her name? She became famous. Oh, don't remember. (laughs) Fleeting fame. But seriously, I... Fawn Hall, was it? Yes. Who was it? Uh, no, I think Fawn Hall was somebody else. I who, who think. Was that with uh... Fawn Hall? Sounds right. Okay. Yep. Could be. Yep. If only we had smartphones right in front of us. <laughs> in front of our computer in front of us. <laughs> Listen, uh, Judge Brobson is extremely well-respected jurist. He was elected president of the uh, president judge of the Commonwealth Court by both Republicans and Democrats. This race is not going to change the makeup, the overall makeup of the Supreme Court by much. It's still going to be heavily Democratic. Fawn Hall is Oliver North's. Oliver North, that's significant right. other. <laughs> well, it wasn't Fanny Fox. That squeeze. was Wilbur Mills. So, <laughs> going back even further. 
Oh, what was her name? Well, it's immaterial. And we have a caller. All right, let's take a break. We'll take the call, but we'll take a lot more comers. 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merce family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. <laughs> Read that top text. Okay, the NBC reporter interviewing Brandon Brown is a woman and started the Let's Go Brandon chant. Oh, she started it? Well, I think that's not the way I heard the story. It was widely reported that it was a NASCAR, a NASCAR race uh, being called and the guy misheard what he thought was let's go Brandon. Now and that one. Biden has brought all the negative comments and chants all on himself from his anti-American policies. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> and Saki lied about kids separated at the border under Trump, called the wall freckless, and said he, uh, Trump left a mess, all while the kids are stacked like cordwood at the border. And Saki was asked why Biden doesn't visit the border. She said he didn't need a photo of... Photo op. Photo op. Okay, it said photo op there. Then she again lied to blame the border cases, crisis on Trump. And really, he lied about that. He said he had been to the border. He hasn't been to the border. He drove past the border once. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, she, uh, Saki was questioned on that. Is that really oh the same as being at the border? <laughs> he drove by it. And her answer was, well, what would you want him to do at the border? Well, what I would want him to do at the border is get a handle on things, see the problem, and then solve it. No, I met the Pope over the weekend. Okay, so I, I, I watched on TV one of the local Catholic masses, but it's the same thing. Right. Bob, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey, everybody's uh, complaining about the money that Biden is trying to get to fix our infrastructure, but all this election money, nobody complains about that. People love giving their money away, but when it comes to the government trying to help our country, they're all up in arms about it because their president ain't in office, and it's not their, their president making that choice. If it was Trump in there trying to get this pushed through, the Republicans would be like, yeah, do it, do it. You know, we got two bad apples on the Democratic side that uh, Joe Manchin, he's in on the against the climate change because he's got money in a coal plant, and the other one is uh, <laughs> against taxing the rich people because she's probably and she's probably got a rich family or something behind her. So these are bad Democrats, huh? They're not independent thinkers; they they're just wrong, huh? They need voted out. Oh, come on. 
You, so there's no room for difference of opinion in the Democratic Party? It all has to be everybody no, agreeing? Well, look at the Republicans. They all stand together. They're like a sheep in this in my field. They're all standing together. Oh, I don't think that's true. That's not true. No, look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is a mind well, of her and, own. And look at, oh, my um, God. She needs shot. I no, mean, she needs stop. an look injection. At, look at Lynn Cheney. <laughs> she's, a, she's an independent thinker. You just want everybody to march in lockstep, Bob. That's all you're interested I in. I want everybody to make our country better. Well, that's what independent thought, and that's what debate does. <laughs> only Joe wants to hinder free speech. He wants limits and on campaign And the only spending. person, or the only TV station is Fox that's saying Biden hasn't been to the border. Where's their evidence? There's, there's evidence. Oh, I don't their evidence the is that Jen Psaki admitted it. Yeah, I don't think he, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a fact. But He's even so. There, he said it. He wouldn't have said it if it wasn't true. Oh, no. Joe, Joe Biden would never tell you anything that isn't true, uh, except Not he intentionally. plagiarized things. He lied about his uh, background. No, he wouldn't tell you anything that isn't true. <laughs> that's all inadvertent. Oh, okay. that's just misspeaking. Those aren't lies. <laughs> I got <misspoke>. you. <laughs> yeah, boy. Well, I, I would just uh, say uh, I think our country is going in the right direction. It takes a long time to get there, but, you know, they're only been in, in the office for a few months now, and Look at all the disasters happening in our country. Look at California now, how the water is flooding, and it's just a disaster. And Biden's tied up with all this stuff. People don't understand what, what it takes. I mean, you can't just do a 9-to-5 job. It's uh, Well, you it's seem to have a problem country. with President Trump, and he certainly worked more border, than 9-to-5. all that people coming through Mexico, that's not our fault. That's Mexico letting them get through. <laughs> and they're not going to make it to the border in time it took before... The laws are changed where they're going to have to remain in Mexico. So Biden did reverse that where they have to remain in Mexico for the asylum or whatever it's called. But every person, think about it. Your grandfather was from a foreign country. They may have come here legally, but they got off a ship in New York City and signed a registration to get in. It used to be a lot simpler than it is today. Mm. And with this pandemic, I understand people are upset about it. But get the damn vaccine. Right. Stop well, saying, words, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to get the vaccine. You're killing people. Stop it. So we should Keep all be vaccinated so that we can be safe when letting in illegal immigrants. I got you. Come on, Joe. Gonna... <laughs> Don't even answer that. You've no, been that's exactly what he's saying. <laughs> he's not saying that at all. 22, right, Joe, Jim? Or yeah, Mark? <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you, Thanks, Bob. Bob. Thanks for calling in. All it was right. fun to Have talk to you. Take nice. care. Bye. All right, we've got some texts. Oh, no, we got no new texts, but uh, got emails. Either one, Joe. All right, uh, Kim from Millersburg says, Undo Citizens United, a terrible uh, Supreme Court of the United States decision. Don't allow political contributions from PACs, corporations, or businesses. Only donations from individuals should be allowed. Freedom of speech is for individuals, not corporations. Oh, and cap the amount of the contributions, too. Signed, Kim in Millersburg. Yeah, Kim has that. a good point. Yeah, I can't argue you. with that. Good idea. And then, uh, good morning, gentlemen. I'm with Mike. I don't think the Republicans are going to win anymore. I thought the Republicans would not win the California recall, and he didn't. So, now, watch the up-and-coming Virginia governor's race. They say it's so close, it will give us a quick answer again of what's going to happen in the 2022 races. I think it's only because there are more Democrats and so-called independents, but they are really Democrats, than there are real Republicans. So, watch the Virginia governor's race. 
All and right. it is neck and neck. Okay. And what's interesting is uh, there was a story I was trying to find here over the weekend where the, um, you know, the candidate, the Democratic candidate, uh, whose name eludes me at the moment, um, no, no, not Northam, Northam's the current McAuliffe. governor. Huh? McAuliffe, yeah, McAuliffe. former governor. Uh, he said when that Northam was caught in that blackface photo that it was horrible and he should resign. And then he changed his mind when it went north <laughs> later on. So, I mean, there, this is being a real contested race down there. And um, the, the Republican candidate, Yonkin, has a real shot. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I think he's going to win. That's my indication. Former President Barack Obama offered a sharp rebu rebuke of the Republican candidate, Virginia Governor Glenn Yonkin, as he encouraged voters Saturday to support Democrat Terry McAuliffe in the closely watched race. Obama accused Yonkin of portraying himself as the friendly everyman while encouraging what Obama called lies and conspiracy theories about widespread voting fraud in the 2020 elections. Former President Donald Trump has continued to push the false narrative about the election fraud, which fueled the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. So, yeah, that uh, President Obama down there campaigning in Richmond, uh, probably Friday, uh, trying to, you know, get that to go one way or another. Yeah, I would uh, certainly think that uh, Yonkin is going to win that. There's and what is it? You're only allowed to serve one term as governor? Did I pick that up correctly? I'm not certain about how, what Virginia's policy is with respect to that. That's a good question. Very well, good question. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and take more predictions on this. Uh, my prediction is that uh, Hillary Clinton would win the presidency and that um, uh, Donald Trump would win re-election. So there is a very specific reason they are referred to as Lawrence's worthless <laughs> predictions. Okay, I want to get that out of the way. All right, Eric, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Lawrence, what are you doing in the morning before you come on the air here? <laughs> Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I'm That's sorry. So funny I'm, I'm wasting my time. I, I'm just... <laughs> okay, you have, t you have 10 seconds left. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> you're, you're living in the past, dude. Let, let's, let's look to the future. But you know, And Joe, when in the world are we going to stop trying to tie in illegal immigration and immunization? They're two totally different Topics. Well, you want Every everybody you want everybody vaccinated when it comes to us, but you don't apparently have that problem with the illegal immigrants. I'm worried about the people who are here in Central Pennsylvania who I brush up against. And every time I bring this topic up, <laughs> you want to you want to bring in the people who are coming in from you know right away. I would hope that that you know if we bring them in, we are immunizing them. Who's to say we're not? I don't know. I mean, you, do you think these people are not offering immunizations? What's coming to the United States? Well, let's because stop they're and think about it. I'm asking you. They're given the if they're given anything, they're given the one dose Johnson and Johnson, which has been the least effective of <laughs> all of them. <laughs> so you're not worried okay, about so, the so brushing against so other people. You're conceding that truly the illegal immigration and immunization is apples and oranges here. Not but really. Every time we talk about. And someone like Bob brings up about this, you want to drag illegal immigration into it. Well, sure, because it's, you're worried. You even admit the South to a certain amount of hypocrisy. You're not worried about them. You're worried about people brushing up against you. But what if they send some of them here to brush up against you and they're not immunized? Would that be a and problem? Again, you said if they send them here, then they have been immunized. No, I didn't say that. I don't think they have been. I said if they were given anything, they were given the Johnson & Johnson, the one dose. So, so because they're certainly not hanging around. Are, the United States are not given the opportunity to be immunized? Well, they're not hanging around. I can be absolutely positive they're not hanging around the border for another four weeks waiting to get the second shot of either Moderna or Pfizer. 
<laughs> I mean, so, I'm, no, no one's what, claiming so that. You, we always talk about, you know, what's happening now and the, the bad part of it. What, uh, what, what, what should we be doing until we have 500,000 people, you know, starving on the other side of the border? Um, should we be requiring Mexico to deal with them? Is, is, that, is that what our, our, our motive should be? Well, the first the first country you encounter, if you're seeking asylum, that should be the country you stop at. You don't shop around. <laughs> hey, Joe Biden's president, I'm going there. <laughs> right, but that's not the way the law is written. The law is written that you stop at the first country and seek asylum there. So we should be putting more pressure on Mexico to deal with them while they're still in Mexico, if they're coming up from south of Mexico. Hence the Supreme Court ordering the stay-in-Mexico policy reinstated which Biden mm -hmm. has not done so far. To your knowledge? Well, to, to the reports of everybody in the news media. But, uh, you know, you know my well-spoken position on repeated position immunizations, and, uh, but every time we talk about that, you want to bring, you know, and mud muddy the water, so to speak, and talk about illegal immigration. I don't think it's muddying the water, in all honesty, Eric. I mean, if these people are coming across the border, we, we don't know whether or not they're involved in gangs or criminal activity, or we don't know what they're being vetted for. And what does and that what, have to do with, what does that do with immunization here in Central Pennsylvania? Here in well, let County. me, let me ask you why the federal government is shipping these people around the country in the middle of the night. Does that seem like an open policy to you, Someone that, something we should be emulating and, and cheering on? Did you ever think the reason they're shipping around in the middle of the night because that's the cheapest <laughs> time to get them and they're getting the best, best bang for their buck by shipping them at night they're when the airliners are full and they're getting the best uh, best cost effectiveness out of it? Eric, they're chartering the planes. Saving you and I money? They're yes. chartering the planes. The, the cost would be the same day or night. <laughs> no, that's not true. I would think it is the cost of no, fly an airplane. It's a it's an organization that's doing it, so they rent it whenever they wish to, and they're using the planes. It probably is cheaper to use the airports at night because they're not so crowded. Supply and demand. They're not flying. Regardless, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all speculating. Let's look at the bottom line. We have too many individuals coming over the U.S. southern border. We do need some security down there. It's a huge homeland security issue, if nothing else. True. And of course, as uh, one of our good callers pointed out, it's dragging down our kindergarten classes locally. Every class has at least 10 non-English speaking people in it. The information was tenuous at best. What are they talking about based upon our altitude? I didn't get that. What? So he said, what? upon our altitude, this was, he believes that this was a local. Is that gentleman calling you from Texas, that our good Texas contributor? No, no, that's a local individual talking about a local case where there's, I think, 10 individuals in a class that's of 30 right. somewhere that were, they're not English speakers. And uh, yeah. one of the parents says that they're just now learning to count to 10. Now, it is, you know, it's just one person's anecdote, but it certainly is indicative of an actual dilemma. Well, I'll tell you this. I am much more concerned about a local person who, many, who have, apparently, who refuse to get immunized, perhaps giving me or my parents or my grandkids at this point, who can't be immunized yet, COVID and then dying than any illegal coming in doing anything possible here in Snyder County. I'm much more concerned about that. Now, my last point is this. Joe, <laughs> did you see the indication that the big bad Democrats have actually underspent the Republicans by three hundred eighty-five billion dollars comparing the last two fiscal years. Comments? Yeah, well, that may be so, but they're just getting started and warmed up with their six trillion dollar uh, non-infrastructure package that is every liberal uh, wish list ever assembled.
that they're trying to pass. And, and you're saying six trillion? The last time I heard it was probably down to about two. They started because with six. They started with we're negotiating where well, we started with three and a half. Well, no, the total was six. When you propose no. something, yes. you yes. stars, knowing full well you have to compromise it down. So but it's still far more than we should be spending on this kind of stuff. Okay, but you're you're gonna admit that the Democrats have underspent the Republicans I, I haven't seen that figure, so I can't really. I'm just relying on your accuracy. You haven't seen it's been all over the place, like $385 billion less in, in the, uh, the last fiscal year than the uh. fiscal year before. <laughs> and if you, if you remember, I did comment about my concern with, with Donald Trump and the deficit back when he was president. And you said, fine, just wait till the Democrats get in and see what happens. Well, well, here we are. Well, the Republicans never proposed trillions of dollars in useless spending, so... <laughs> Operationally define what useless spending is. Giving tax cuts to the very rich people and supposedly have trickle on economics and, and the people can't keep All right, I gotta stop you too. Spending indeed. <laughs> you win. <laughs> Eric wins round one. No, All right. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Thanks for the opportunity. Thank yep. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We've got a couple of texts pending, a couple of emails pending. We're gonna read all that on the radio, but it's the live telephone talk show. We'd love to hear from you. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe is here. Joe McGranahan is an actual conservative. I just play a liberal on the radio, but we would love to hear from you regardless. 1-800-79. Let's go, Brandon. You do more than play a liberal. You are a liberal. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joe has three emails and two but texts. To, to, to Eric's point, this is an interesting article, and I looked up his, what he said just to see if I could find what, it. For, what did he say? He said that the Democrats so Republicans have outspent the Democrats. Um, but here's the thing is both parties, and this is from uh, the Capitol, uh, NR Capitol, both parties have been spending like drunken sailors for quite some time. But ask yourself, would the debt be higher or lower today if Democrats controlled Congress and the White House the past four years? Democrats consistently called for more spending than Republicans than the Republicans wanted throughout the Trump administration. As uh, Brian Riedel, who wrote for the NR Capital Matters in December of last year, the left tries to have it both ways with criticizing Republicans about the debt. We saw this happen during COVID. Many liberals demanded that Republicans shoot a $3 trillion bazooka at the pandemic uh, last spring and continue to demand trillions more and then attack the Republicans' deficits that result. Well, and I think part of that is... Um the tax cuts uh, from President Trump and probably all the way back to President Reagan, you know, this idea of cutting taxes and increasing expenses and not doing any cutting of government expenses, uh, you know, that's the triple-legged stool that drives up sure. the deficit, and that's a Republican ploy. And Trump didn't cut any entitlements. No, no, every, the budget stayed the same. In fact, he found out ways to spend more money on the U.S. border security, which is a good priority to have, but you're not supposed to, you know, use previously allocated money for that. But well, they've always said that did. Social Security is the third rail of American politics, meaning you touch that, you get shot. <laughs> out the door you go. Right. You get blown out the door. Okay. And then one of our texters, Dennis, says it's not just the COVID virus. It is recorded many have measles, tuberculosis, and many diseases that have been controlled in the USA. He's talking about the immigrants coming, streaming across the southern border there. Okay. And then Bob is delusional and misinformed, blaming Fox for disputing Biden lies. And then Eric, you sound paranoid. Where is your faith in your God? 
I don't know that Eric sounded paranoid. Did you I didn't catch that. No, I didn't either. And then uh, all immigrants are offered the COVID vaccine. If they choose not to, they are using their their rights, right? <laughs> That's right. We should let them in. Oh, I don't no, think you they don't have the any vaccine. rights if they're here illegally. <laughs> right. Well, you get the jab or go home. Uh, then uh, I forgot the immigrants are doing a peaceful entry into the USA. That's from Bob. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We would love to hear from you. Um, we talked earlier. Their peaceful entry involved pushing their pushing past the Mexican border guards that were trying to stop them. sneaking past for most of them, but you say there's another no, they were blowing caravan. Them. It's yeah. funny how only Fox knows about the caravans, and when they get here, it's just a normal Well, that's because MSNBC entry. and CNN won't report it. <laughs> or maybe it doesn't exist. It does. They have photos. They have video of it, oh, for heaven's and sakes. you can trust Fox's video. That's for sure. Did you know Fox is starting a weather channel? Yes, I'm sure it will be good. <laughs> yes. They'll probably lie about the weather, though, Mark, don't you think? Well, I would think so, but I don't know. You know, every so often Fox tells the truth, so you just never know. <laughs> oh, Bob's called back. He needs another minute. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Hey, Fox loves to put down the vaccination, but they won't have a job, you know, if... Uh, they didn't get a vaccination, you know that. Right, that's they true. Yeah. People that work for them Let have to Let me turn on my radio, I'm sorry. That's okay. I wasn't expecting to be picked up right away. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, well, I guess we learned our lesson. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and uh, I was saying about uh, Schmuck and Dam, you know, you could use some infrastructure over there. We need, we need more roads over there. There's not enough <laughs> lanes. There's too many roads. On Fridays. Not the borough's money, that's state money, federal money. Schmuck and Dam has too you, many roads. Well, it'll, it'll all come in. I don't know where the money's going to go. It's going to go to fix the highways and the roads. And I guess Joe Biden's going to be up in uh, New, New Jersey or New York today because of some highway that spins around and is having trouble to do that. I don't know. But and let's be honest, I, there are two bills here. The the one point well, the one trillion dollar infrastructure bill that has bipartisan support is not the problem. It's the personal infrastructure bill that's right now pegged at three plus trillion dollars that's the problem. No, I think it's down to like two. But yeah, it doesn't matter. The number doesn't matter. Change. They don't believe in climate change. Look at the world. Look what's going on. You don't believe in climate change, Joe. Joe is a skeptic. We were talking you don't about believe in that. climate change. You want to run your gasoline vehicle around and pollute the highway every day like 5 million, well, 120 million people do every day. But I'm estimating that. And I, I don't even drive my gas vehicle because it costs so much to fill it up. How do you get around? I have an electric car. Oh, okay. And how, what do you think I, generates I the electricity that you charge your car with? Just out of curiosity, Bob. It costs me less than a dollar a day, That's Joe, not the question. That's miles. not the question. I said, what do you think produces the electricity that charges your car? A uh, windmill. Oh, okay. No, you have your own personal windmill. windmill. I, honest to God, I, I'm honest to God, our plan is through a windmill. Right. You, you can opt for renewable energy if you so choose, Joe. Come on, give it that then a then pay on Friday, Democrats, mm, you do Democrats pay more, do yeah. fight to win. Okay. Mm -hmm. And everybody, you know, everybody's against socialism, you know, but everybody <laughs> wants a tax return, don't they? Right. You know, I don't get a tax return. I don't pay enough in to get a tax return, or I have to pay money in in the end. I don't think getting so, your tax, your, your money back if you overpay your taxes <laughs> is socialism, Bob. Just saying. We That's just, just money getting back from the government, isn't it? All right. Well, thank I mean, you, Bob. Money, the they the money they owe me, Bob. It's money they owe me. 
Thank you, Bob. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, we definitely pay in the end. I like that phrase. <laughs> I think that's a double. Who's end? Yeah, exactly. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We've got to take the last break, but we'd love to line them up with calls. Give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Facts have taken a terrible beating today, but maybe you can help us uh, lend some truth to all of this. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can either call 1-800-795-WKOK. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com, or you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merce family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle with a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan. Mark Lawrence is sitting across from me looking something up on his phone. Speaking of the phone, we have a caller hanging by. Cindy, you're on the mark this morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I've said this before, and I will say it again. I support taxing capital gains at the same rate that we, ta at the same rate that we tax working folks' income and uh, at ordinary income. So if you get money from, buying, from selling your stock, it should be taxed at the same rate as your tax on money that you've earned at a job. That's one of the things we could do that would make the um, tax rates more equitable. Here in Pennsylvania, we have a property tax relief program. I'm sure you all remember it. Governor Rendell argued for this as a part of his gambling scheme. And uh, people get a discount on their property taxes that the school district charges them. But it is only on your primary residence. So if you own a hunting cabin or cabin or you have two houses, then you're still going to pay the full rate on that second property. I think we should do that about income taxes. You can't deduct the property taxes on anything but your primary income, on your primary residence. And only for those residents, you should only get the discount if the price of the residence is under a million dollars. If it exceeds a million dollars, then you should still have to pay the full tax on that. So you should not get a tax discount on that. Yeah, but that would be good government, makes sense, it's bipartisan, it helps the people and doesn't increase the power for Republicans. Oh, what was I thinking, <laughs> So, I mean, the vortex, that's prior to vortexification, so... Um, yeah, what nice try, Cindy. <laughs> I don't I think. Know. I don't. Know. <laughs> right. And how can we call organizations with billions—that's a B—billions of dollars in reserves, not charitable organizations, non-profit organizations? And I'm talking about hospitals like Geisinger and institutions like Penn State. Why should they be afforded that opportunity to get a break on their taxes? 
which adversely impacts local communities because they're not paying into those tax rates. In fact, while we're at it, although this is not federal, this is state, why are we giving pensioners a full discount on their pension income? Why shouldn't pensioners be paying their income tax on a pension just like they pay it, I assume, when they worked? Why should they get that break? We have pensioners who have state pensions in excess of $600,000 a year. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Our taxes pay pensioners pensions over $600,000 a year, and they pay not one dime in state income tax on that money, not one dime on, in local income tax, and not one penny in school district income tax on that. That's an example of what's unjust. And that would be easily rectified. I've said this over and over again that that discount on your pension should only go to income below whatever the median income of the state is. Let's say 60 grand here in Pennsylvania. So the first 60 grand, you get the discount. That shields all the poor people who have mm -hmm. are living on marginal incomes and then pay the tax like the working folk on the rest of it. Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. What have you Mark. been eating or smoking today? We cannot allow good government to infiltrate. I don't do that, Mark, neither. Neither tobacco nor marijuana. Never okay. have, never will. I'm going to go to the grave as one of those few people who have not indulged in those things. Okay. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, wh what have you been putting in your brand flakes? Because I think that's good government. It makes sense. We, it's fiscally sound. But uh, we right, cannot allow hustled. that. We're being hustled with this whole thing about raising the taxes or not raising the taxes. What we should look at is how are the taxes being administered? How, how is this actually happening? So if you raise the taxes on uh, working folk and ignore the issue that people with pensions over $100,000 a year aren't paying any state or local income tax on that money, haven't you really done a terrible injustice? But the argument, and, Cindy, the argument is that those people have already paid taxes on that money. No, they haven't. In the specific instance of state and uh, school district pensioners, they paid one-third of their pension. One-third. Where did the rest of it come? From local taxes and from state taxes. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Cindy. All right, Dan, you're going to get one minute. One minute. Go right ahead. Hey, why, Cindy's wrong. I, <laughs> I have a small... I get pension from factory... And I have pen, and I also have investments, and I buy, I pay tax. Anything over twenty-five thousand, I'm taxed. So you pay state tax on that. There isn't a loophole there unless you lie and cheat. Well, the, state, the pensions from the state are exempt from some taxes. That's what I think Cindy's point is. It may be yeah, exempt from state taxes. You probably pay some probably capital gains or unearned income tax or something on that, but you don't pay yeah, state every, tax on it. Everything over 25000 I'm taxed on. Federal or state? Federal or state tax? That's state. That's state tax. All right, we got Federal, you. no. Okay. All right, guys, you have a great... Oh, thank you. You were just adding that yep. two cents. All right, perfect. Thank you. Well, he finished right on schedule. And now we have time for the email. All right, we really don't need another country to come in and destroy us. We're doing it all by ourselves. Russia, China, North Korea, they're all just standing waiting. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, they're waiting for the republic to officially collapse <laughs> and President Trump to be back in office. Well, let's hope not. All right, everybody. But let's bring his policies back. Tomorrow, judicial candidate on the radio. 
Radio. Brian Kerstetter. This is WKOK Sunbury.